What I hope I can do today in this session is for the next 50 to 60 minutes, uh, I'm going to provide um, a general background to uh, issues of task design and task difficulty in second language teaching and learning. And I would present a summary of some findings in this regard, uh, which will be followed by um, a discussion of the two existing models of task difficulty, um, that is the one belonging to Peter Skian and Peter Robinson. Uh, what I want to conclude is by looking at the two production models of speech and writing, Lavell's model um, versus Kellogg's model, uh, to arrive at a conclusion or to raise a question about whether we can have one single model of task difficulty to define the difficulty with which tasks are perceived and performed. Um, to give you a very brief background, as you know very well, uh, task design has been the focus of investigation in uh, different uh, disciplines in task-based <coughs> language teaching and learning. From a teaching perspective, the interest in task design and the impact it has on task difficulty has been researched because uh, an index of task difficulty can provide us with how we can sequence tasks in a syllabus. So it is hoped that simpler tasks can appear before more difficult tasks in a syllabus. So from a perspective of syllabus design, materials design, task design and task difficulty are important. Also, it is believed that task design can have an impact on the facilitating teaching and learning in classroom. Uh, this body of research, as you can see, has got quite a long history since 1970s. Uh, the first studies um, done in 1970s and still actively going on. Uh, from a language testing perspective, I can say that this, was, uh, this is a more recent interest. So language testers started looking into how task design impacts task difficulty um, after 1990s. The main reason is that for a long time, tasks were considered in language testing, they were considered as neutral devices. Either you know the language and you can perform the task or you don't and therefore you struggle performing the task. I think it was the first uh, time this was questioned what was by Pollitt 1991 who asked whether language testing tasks were of equal difficulty level. Following from this uh, body of research, other researchers have recognized the need for establishing an index of task difficulty in language testing. And Backman 2002 um, argues that we definitely need a hierarchy for task difficulty in language testing. Um, also, from a second language acquisition perspective, we are very interested in finding the impact of task design on task difficulty, because we believe that we can look through task design, we can look into information processing perspectives, into how human brain processes language while it is involved in completing a task. 
So the cognitive demands ha have been investigated again and again. The impact of design on working memory has also been investigated. We also hope that through task design, we can look into the developmental processes. I can say that this body of research has been less active. So we know a lot about performance. We know probably very little about how second language develops through task design. These are um, a couple of elements of task design that have been researched. So for example, tasks with one element are known to be less demanding and therefore processing language through those tasks seem to be easier. Here and now is again less demanding than there and there in terms of um, a characteristic of um, the tasks. When, it, when we compare research in speaking versus writing, um, I think we can unanimously agree that there has been quite a lot of research in the field of task-based language teaching focusing on speaking. Again, writing seems to be a new area. And again, the reasons are somehow known, but for the purpose of this uh, talk, um, I think we should not go into um, those discussions. Anyway, what we know is that research in speaking in task-based language teaching has been um, much more active uh, and played a much more substantial role. Research in writing is developing fast. There is increasing interest in how the writing process or processes develop and how tasks can facilitate those um, processes. My questions or the way I come at this um, body of literature that I mentioned so far is, number one, whether task design affects speaking and writing in the same way. So for example, if we say having one element is easier than having many elements, are we talking about both speaking and writing tasks or is there a way of distinguishing between the two? Um, also, I'm interested to look into whether L2 production processes are the same between speaking and writing. And finally, the question that I would like to finish with is whether one single model of task difficulty can account for both. I report a summary of um, a couple of research studies that I have done over the past decade on task design and task complexity and the way uh, cognitive complexity and the way they impact on task difficulty because I need to set the background for the final study that questions um, comparability of writing and speaking. Um, in a previous study, as part of my PhD, again, I can say um, I was interested to find out whether degree of task structure had an impact on L2 spoken performance. Uh, task structure was here clearly and carefully defined and operationalized. If you're interested in the discussions, we can go back and uh, discuss how it was done. Uh, but 
generally speaking, structure was defined as macrostructure available in oral narrative tasks. I have examples of these picture stories, oral narrative tasks, that I will present to you later on. So the findings of this study was that, first of all, degree of a structure had an impact on perceptions of task difficulty. So if a task didn't have a clear macrostructure, both learners and teachers perceived the task as being more difficult. They quickly identified lack of a structure as a source of confusion, misunderstanding, and therefore perceived difficulty with task performance. In terms of the performance itself, interestingly, degree of structure had an impact on L2 performance. Learners produced more accurate and more fluent language when they were given structured tasks. When they were working with less structured tasks, both accuracy and fluency dropped. However, complexity of their performance, the syntactic complexity or lexical complexity, wasn't affected by issues of structure. This is one of the picture stories um, that I have used over the past years. For that study, we had six picture stories. This is the first one we called Picnic. This was an example of a structured task. It had a clear beginning, a clear middle, and a clear end. The, st the story started with picture one, and it finishes with picture six, and it is very difficult, if not impossible, to shuffle the pictures around. An example of a lesser structured task. Although the story is clear and easy to understand, there is no specific beginning or end to the story. And it is quite possible to move pictures around in the middle without the main story being compromised. That is one way of looking at structure. And the way we did it uh, was because we looked at the global understandings of a structure. I encourage you to look back. Learners, and we're talking about uh, 100 learners. 100 learners produced oral performances narrating the story. The syntactic complexity of the story, we called picnic, was much higher than others. So when dis uh, describing, when narrating this story, they produced highly complex syntactic structures. Here, syntactic structure wasn't particularly increased. So this encouraged us to look into what created the difference. What was the reason? What do you think? Can I ask the group to come in? Why do you think people 
may produce more syntactic structures here? That's probably a difficult question to ask now. Yes, that's a very good. That's a very good point. That's right. Yes. There's a narrative structure that tells a story. Yes, that's right. Yes, but these are uh, relatively things that affect accuracy and fluency, to my understanding. But, but yes, they help. I just wonder there's more obligatory contexts here. And? And so they have to, they can't avoid. You can't use an avoidance strategy like you can in the other one. The, the content of the story, or what we called a storyline complexity, encourage them to use. As you can see, there are two lines of story happening here. We've got events happening in the foreground and events happening in the background. And in order to join the two sets of events, you need complex structures. You need to say, while the mother is preparing breakfast, the children are. And this carries on. So this is a complex storyline as compared with here, not only less structured, but also less complex storyline. It's a sequence of events without really much happening at the background. So the second study looked into storyline complexity. And we were keen to find out whether they had an impact on L1 performance. So foreground only and foreground and background. We also controlled for structure. We looked into more or less structured tasks. And we worked with two groups of language learners plus native speakers. Whether task design have an impact on performance, L2 performance, L1 performance, and we used oral narrative tasks for the reasons that I have explained here. Sixteen learners in this study in Tehran performed four narrative tasks, 40 in London, and then 14 native speakers. The native speakers were um, year one undergraduate students of language or psychology at a university in London. To do the analysis, we looked into measures of fluency, syntactic complexity, subordination and mean length of utterance, and then accuracy, plus lexical diversity. Well, what we found was that, yes, complex storylines affects L2 performance for L2 learners, but more importantly, for L1 learners as well. So all native speakers produced highly syntactic language when they were given 
the complex storyline stories. These are the two important elements um, or findings of this study, particularly with regard to um, the follow-up studies. Presence of a structure had an impact on L2 performance, but not on L1. I can say that native speakers also produce more fluent language on a structured task, but it wasn't at a statistically significant level. To have a visual representation of um, the syntactic complexity produced by the three groups. Um, both groups of learners, as you can see, their performances were more complex in terms of syntax on the two tasks that were, that had um, complex storylines. This task was less structured. So a stru uh, structure interacted with complexity of storyline. So if you are a second language speaker, if you're given a less structured task, you find it cognitively demanding and therefore you cannot use your own linguistic resources and knowledge resources well enough. But if the task is structured, and it has a complex storyline, then it's easier for you to produce language of high level. As you can see, with native speakers, it's a bit different. They're not affected by structure, and therefore, they could produce very complex sentences and language, even with less structured tasks. In terms of mean length of utterance, we had the same results. The surprise finding is that lexical complexity, lexical diversity is not affected by structure or by storyline. And I think um, our conclusion at the end of those studies was that the language or the diversity of the language that a task elicits is an inherent characteristic of the picture story. So depending on what's happening in the picture. For example, in one of the stories, um, quite a lot is happening and you need sophisticated uh, vocabulary to, to define it. You have to talk about a robbery, you have to talk about uh, what happens in an accident, um, a shoot up, and therefore you need to use very, very diverse language. And that is the main drive for lexical diversity. So the story so far, we know task design is a source of variance in L1 and L2 performance. We know that task design can have an impact on cognitive demand and therefore this can show it in the performance elicited by those tasks. We know that 
by looking into these aspects of task design, we can find a way of knowing how language is processed in mind. But would task design affect writing and speaking the same way? So if I'm going to, if, if I'm giving the two picture stories that you just saw to learners, and if I want them to write the stories down, so it's not an oral narrative, it's a written narrative, what differences do we see? Do we think that they are similarly affected by the cognitive demands, by the structure, by the storyline complexity, or not? Before moving to that, um, because that is the next um, study that I will briefly talk about. Before moving to that study, I would like to draw your attention to the two existing models of task difficulty. Um, Skin's model and Robinson's. Interestingly, they are both uh, embedded in a cognitive approach to um, language learning. And they draw on many similar assumptions and understandings but they have a different view of how information is processed in mind or how much attentional resources are available to learners. Skian's assumption is that human mind has limited attentional resources. Therefore, learners, when they, when they work with language tasks, when they um, produce performance, work with limited capacity attention to one aspect of performance means they will have very limited attention to other aspects. So if the attention is on meaning, therefore they would have less attention for form or the other way around. He defines task difficulty in terms of code complexity, communicative stress and cognitive complexity. So to skin, the linguistic demands that a task imposes on the learner is one characteristic. What kind of language is needed? What kind of structures? Whether the learner has all those resources available. Communicative stress, the communicative condition or conditions under which the task is performed, whether it is monologic or dialogic, whether learners are working under time pressure, whether they have, are they doing it under test conditions. And for cognitive complexity, he divided into cognitive familiarity, whether they're familiar with the task type, with the kind of information, whether it is personal information, compared with cognitive processing. What kind of processing is needed? Are we are we talking about a task with dual demands? Are we talking about a task in which some reasoning is needed? A task in which some computation needed? And these factors can, according to Skin, define how difficult a task is. Robinson has a different perspective to the way information is processed in human mind. He believes that human brain has access to a multiple resource attentional system, by which he means 
paying attention to one aspect of performance does not necessarily limit attention to other aspects. In fact, he believes that when a task is complex and challenging, learners are capable to pay attention to all different aspects at the same time, if, it, if the task has got the right characteristics and conditions. Robinson divides uh, or defines task difficulty in terms of task-dependent variables, learner-dependent variables, and task-condition variables. For Robinson, task-dependent variables are divided into resource directing, the ways in which we can direct resources that are available to the learners. For example, structure to him seems to be a way of directing resources. So if a task is structured, you are providing them with more um, understanding, more facility, or facilitating the work. And also it could be resource dispersing. So whether, again, it is one element or more than one element, how cognitively demanding it is, whether we provide them with planning time, so planning time available to um, perform the task could help. Task difficulty are learner factors in Robinson's framework. Attitude, motivation, aptitude, even language aptitude, he believes, play a role in task difficulty. And task conditions, again, are the conditions under which the task is being performed, how demanding they are. Um, Trade-off model of, by Skian and triadic framework by Robinson. A closer analysis into these two models shows that they take speaking task as the default. By looking at these two models and by reading the, by reading the um, literature they have produced on task difficulty, I came to a few conclusions that suggest that for these two models, speaking is the default task. For example, both are talking about the communicative stress, the role of interlocutor they talk about or whether planning time is available to perform the task. Although planning time is useful in writing tasks, for L2 learners, planning time, research has indicated that can have a massive impact. And this is something that is taken for granted here. So if it is speaking, there is no planning time in real life. You need to perform the task usually with no planning time. Um, another reason that suggests to me these two models are inherently discussing speaking as the task is that they talk about factors such as um, the elements, one element or many element, or um, one Sorry, let me get my notes. I don't want to misquote Skin or um, Robinson.
Yes, the speaking demand, for example, Robinson refers to the cognitive demand as the speaking demands for tasks. Or, as I said, the speed of presenting information. So there is quite a lot of clues in the two models to suggest that if speaking is not the default, it has been looked after quite well, or it has become the center of the discussion uh, within uh, these two models. So moving on from these two models, I will come back to them later on, but I did a, another study in which I wanted to see whether storyline complexity affects writing in the same way. As I said before, I'd given the, the same picture stories to students and I wanted them to write them down. So these are written narratives, but with the same picture stories. You can argue that writing the same picture stories, not exactly the same task. And I can accept, yes, I accept it. This is not exactly the same task, but this was the closest possible to the same tasks. Um, so 40 intermediate learners in London, again, where the participants, um, I tried to capture exactly the same frequent, um, language proficiency levels. They had 20 minutes to complete their writing. They were given no strategic planning time. Sorry for the typo. No drafts and no dictionaries. So they were not allowed to use dictionaries, drafts, because I wanted to replicate their speaking task. With the speaking task, they didn't have access to dictionaries, they didn't have planning time. So the questions are, what are the effects of storyline complexity on syntactic complexity? I'm very interested, I'm very keen to find out the impact on syntactic complexity. Because this is the results unanimously achieved by learners in Tehran, learners in London, and native speakers in London. And also whether the effects of a storyline complexity on L2 written performance are comparable to those of oral performance. To cut the story short, this is a set of findings, comparative findings. So for the two tasks that I just showed you, picnic versus journey, with the speaking we had with the 40 intermediate learners in London, the mean for syntactic complexity was 1.34 for journey, and for picnic we had 1.71. The length of unit, which is an utterance here, obviously, 7.72 for journey and 10.86 for picnic. As you can see, we had significant results in the means of these two tasks when the learners were speaking the tasks. Now they're writing these down. Interestingly, they are able to produce more syntactically complex language, even with journey. And don't forget that journey was a sequence of 
only one line of a story, easy to say, easy to finish. The same thing happens with the length of unit. So in other words, even with a simple storyline, you can create more complex language, longer sentences, basically probably because you have time. And for that reason, the differences between the two are not significant. And this is the question mark for me. So can I say that the task demands in speaking and writing are equal or affect learners in the same way? When they speak, the differences between a demanding task and a less demanding task is clearer to pick up. When they write down, things are different. So, why are they different? I thought I need to look into models of language production and to see how speaking and writing are produced. As you know, for second language, we are still struggling developing a good model for speech or a good model for writing, something that we own. But we are happy to rely on models of L1 speech and writing because they seem to be um, very close to what we think happens when second language learners write or speak. So um, I'm going to look at Kellogg's model of writing and Leibold's model of speech. Uh, as you know very well, uh, Kellogg suggests that a writing process is three stages, formulation, execution, and monitoring. So when we write, the very first thing we do is formulating our ideas, trying to change our thoughts into idea units, propositional units, and then to move from those propositions and concepts into the actual creation of texts. So the second stage, execution, we create text and then we come back and we read again, edit, evaluate the text and monitor. And in writing, these usually happen in this sequence and there is time to go back and to monitor. With speech, labels suggest that, again, there are three stages in speech production, conceptualization, formulation, and articulation. Uh, the first stage is pre-verbal stage. It is generation of messages. Again, it is trying to create concepts and idea units in one's mind. The formulation is called the verbal stage. It is when we try to change those concepts, thoughts, and put them into the framework of a language, into a form, which involves changing thought to language, grammatical encoding, lex lexical retrieval. And finally, we try to put them into voice, uh, phonological, um, encoding, articulations, 
come in in the third stage. Um, there are many similarities between the two, but there are differences as well. I think one of the differences is that with labels, it is forward-looking. We move forward. But with Kellogg's or with writing, it is forward and backward. We can go back and we can change things. We can monitor. We do constantly. There are other differences, and I think these differences um, are important particularly between L1 and L2, and I think they are good indications that we need to move on and we need to develop models of L2 production. So the implications, for example, of Label's model, I think the key characteristics for L1, and some of these characteristics apply to L2 speakers as well. Yes, the model is modular, it is lexically driven, it is forward moving and it entails automatic processes. So for native speakers of a language, a majority of processes involved are already automatic. The conceptualization is something that needs thinking and needs forming concepts. How about L2 speakers? Which of these are the same or very similar for L2 speakers. My understanding is that the role of Lexis is very different with L2 speakers. Lexis is not, especially at lower levels of proficiency, Lexis is not readily available. Chunks are not pre-formulated, fabricated, readily available to learners. There is a greater need for a processing capacity while L1 speakers deal with it automatically, L2 speakers need more automaticity, especially at lower levels. And then monitoring and revisions in L1 happens, but for L2 speakers there is a constant need for monitor and for revise the language. Now, how about writing? How do these two compare? Yes, again, writing is modular, but it is more staged. There is overlap between these stages, both for writing and for speaking. But in writing, it is possible to pause and to, to disintegrate this modularity. It is possible to uh, create different compartments in different stages. And as I said, it is forward-looking, backward-moving. Fully automatic processes can survive. They cannot, for, even for L1 speakers, writing is not necessarily a fully automatic process. For L2 speakers, it's even more difficult. So formulation involves planning, translating propositions and concepts and ideas to texts. 
this seems to be similar for L1 and L2 speakers. So the formulation stage is similar. But my argument is that it is different when they move on. For execution, again, L2, for L2 writers, it's a lot more demanding. Monitoring, reading, editing, the main difference between writing and speech is that there is an abundant uh, opportunities for monitoring um, and evaluation compared to speech when I say abundant. So my conclusion is that writing and speaking are by nature two different processes and therefore we need two different models of task difficulty to if we hope that we can capture the task difficulty associated with task performance.